What's going on, Breakthrough Success listeners? Mark Berti here. In this episode, we're going to talk about how to land high-paying freelance writing clients. So getting clients, it allows us to have multiple income streams. It allows us to write. And the great thing about freelance writing is the flexibility that it provides. However, you want to make sure that you are getting paid at a good rate and being able to expand those rates over time. So let's talk a little bit about how to do that and get the clients that have bigger budgets for their writers. Our guest who joins us in this episode today, she is the owner of Spark Content Agency, which is a premier agency for health and wellness brands. The agency helps businesses rank higher on Google and turns casual readers into loyal fans. So if you're in the health and wellness space, you're looking to grow your business, the Spark Content Agency can be great for you. And our guest has been a full-time freelance writer since 2017. Our guest who joins us on this episode is none other than Megan Grant. Megan, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. Megan, it is a pleasure to have you on Breakthrough Success. And with freelance writing, there are so many different ways to get clients. But I'm wondering if there are some separate ways to get high paying clients versus any client? Like, are there any differences in those approaches? Right. So the, the platform I always recommend is LinkedIn. And the reason for that is because it's going to be a lot less competitive for freelance writers and it's easier to get your dream client's attention. And for those reasons, you have a lot more room to charge the rates that you want Whereas if you opted for something like a job board or a bidding site or a marketplace, they're so saturated and so competitive that you almost have no option but to charge less than everyone else because that's how you get clients' attention, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, LinkedIn, I've seen a lot of freelance writers on that lately. And I do like places like Upwork as well, but I do feel like LinkedIn... Uh, the, there are there's more opportunity on LinkedIn. I feel like it's a platform that a lot more people should use. When it comes to finding the clients, are you looking at the people posting jobs on LinkedIn or do you have a different search method? So there are a number of, way, of ways you can do this. Um, you can look at who's hiring just to get an idea of who's got the budget to hire. But um, if they're looking for a full-time employee, then you know that's of course, different from a freelancer. Uh, how I normally do it and what I tell my students is I search my niche or a sub niche and filter it by companies. And I start going through those companies. And, you know, in the case of writers, I always check if they even have a blog in the first place, because that's what my focus is on blog writing. And if they have a blog and they look like a brand that I might be interested in partnering with, then I find the appropriate employees to connect with and send them an invite. Um, so it's, it is manual. It's very hands-on, but it works really well. And it puts the writer in the driver's seat so that you have more control over who you work with and what kind of work you do. And I mean, I really like the idea of the manual effort. I think that a lot of people just want an automated quick solution, but it's the personal outreach that really makes more of an impact. Um, I'm wondering one of the things is that as you get more of this work, there's more time that you naturally have to spend writing for clients. 
is the pitching something that you still do frequently and make it a habit or have you shifted where you are primarily doing the writing and not as much time reaching out to clients? No, in fact, I spend uh, more time on outreach currently than I used to just because of the way the economy is. And, uh, you know, a lot of companies are going through mass layoffs. So I have had to put in more time and effort uh, to get the same results than I used to. It's just because, you know, the turnover rate right now is higher and layoffs are are happening more than normal. Um, so you kind of have to kick things up a notch. But, um, you know, as the owner of my business, growth is one of the top priorities. And it definitely, it takes time to strike a balance between bringing on new clients and maintaining the ones that you have. It's it's a little bit of a, a juggling act. Uh, I I mean, I can imagine just that uh, constant, you're pitching, you're writing, and you just got to have a way to have good synergy. I know with your agency, you have multiple writers on board. Um, that definitely helps with some of the workload. Um, mm-hmm. I know when you started in 2017, you started by yourself, you're able to grow quickly. At what point did you decide that now is the time for me to hire people versus treating it like a solo brand forever? Well, admittedly, this took me longer than it should have. Um, so I got to the point when I literally ran out of hours in the day. I was working morning to night, Monday through Sunday, and my income stalled and, and I ran out of hours. Um, and I thought, okay, I can't, you know, make copies of myself. So that was when like, you know, I, I waited until I didn't have a choice, uh, which was too long. Um, so, you know, if I were to go back and do that again, you kind of have to gauge you have to be able to recognize when you are approaching your limit and you don't wait until you hit the limit. You wait until you're coming close to it. And that's, that's when you hire, um, you know, cause time will be your limiting factor. We all only get 24 hours in a day. Yeah. I mean, just um, when you are reaching that limit, mm-hmm. uh, it, you definitely gain more perspective as to how many clients you can serve and, there could be a time when a really great client steps in and says, I want you to write for me, but the hours in the day don't match up. It's something that certainly can happen and hiring uh, can be a good fit. Um, the struggle I feel a lot of people have with that though is just handing over something, especially a high paying client. So I'm wondering if you could share how you became more comfortable giving those types of high responsibility work uh, articles to some of the people on your team and how that trust developed? Sure. Um, so I started with the low hanging fruit um, and I started, I did it very gradually. So my very first writer, I started by handing off uh, topics and assignments that were not very sensitive, not very research heavy. Um, they were a little easier to write and, you know, baby steps. And I always told my writers, there is more work available, but I always start slow because they need to get to know the clients. We don't just churn out work. We really get to know our clients. And that's why the work we produce is so good. Um, And that trust builds over time. Uh, Once I see that they're becoming more acclimated to the brands that we write for, uh, if they want more work, I give them more work. Um, So really it's just, taking, putting one foot in front of the other and taking very tiny baby steps. And, you know, not every writer is going to work out. Um, Some want that kind of workload where they're just churning out content like this. Um, They don't want to get to know 
the clients on a deeper level. And that's okay, but that means they're not going to be a good fit for me. Um, and that's how you you slowly scale over time. There's no you know magic trick to it. It's just giving your writers the time and the support that they need to do a really good job. And being able to hire writers, it's that way that you scale because Megan talked about earlier, you have such a limited amount of time and freelance writers, there's so much opportunity that you really can hit that point where Monday through Sunday, morning, afternoon, evening, it's just filled with work and writing assignments. It could definitely happen. And knowing how to scale, it just allows you to serve more clients and tap into more income. But going back to finding the high paying freelance writing clients, are there any criteria you look for during the search to increase the likelihood that this potential client may want you as a writer and has a big budget? Yeah. So um, like I mentioned, I will not approach a brand first and foremost if they don't already have a blog. It can be an inactive blog. It doesn't have to have a lot of content on it, but it has to exist. And I know a lot of writers have said to me, well, if they don't already have a blog, then they're they're perfect. They definitely need me. Not necessarily. Blogging might not even be on their radar. And all of the hoops you have to jump through just to get the blog set up in the first place means that you're not going to be getting paid anytime soon. So you want them to have a blog if that's your, your focus as a writer. Um, but also, I just look into their online presence in general, what their website looks like, what their social media channels look like. Are they active? Are they engaging with their audience? Does it look like they put some time and money into their website? And um, also another good indication is looking within their marketing department and seeing if they already have employees who work with content specifically. If they're already paying people for that, then that's usually a pretty good indication that the budget is there to some degree. I mean, follow the money. Uh, if you're if you see that they're already hiring people who they specialize in like content management, content marketing. They need content to be produced in order to market it. So, uh, being able to follow that framework, you find companies that are making those investments and it can be easier to find ones that could potentially be high paying. Exactly. If they're, if you, you hit the nail on the head, follow the money. And uh, with the client acquisition process, what does that look like when you find a prospect? You figure out that they have a blog, whether it's inactive or weekly, you know they have the budget. What does the outreach look like? So I send a direct message on LinkedIn and, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm always telling my students just plant the seed. Don't, you know, when you reach out to them for the first time, do not sell. It's too quick. It's too abrasive. And people don't like that. Um, and I, I forget who said it, but there's a, a quote that um, not everyone's, oh man, I'm going to butcher this. Basically that people don't want to be sold to, but they're shopping, they're spending money. So, you know, you don't need to like attack them with your sales pitch. Um, so I start the conversation and I very casually say to them, this is who I am. This is what I do. And I'm interested in working together. Are you open to talking about that more? And if they say yes, we take it to email. Uh, sometimes they say no. Sometimes they ignore me and that's okay. Um, but I, I start the conversation. You know, we're just two people having a chat. And I never mislead them. I never reach out under the guise of just wanting to network or be buddies. 
that doesn't work. I hate when people do that to me and I won't do that to other people. So when they hear from me, they know why I'm reaching out. I just don't ambush them with my services and my rates. It's too soon. Um, so transparency is key. Manners, saying please and thank you. It's such a small detail, but it makes a huge difference. And um, just having a conversation, focus on helping, not selling. And I like how you phrase that because no one wants to read a multi-paragraph email. It's like why you're the best, you're the best person for no one wants to read that. Just the simple, uh, I've seen your work, I'm a freelance writer. Can we let uh if you want to uh talk, we'll see if we can make it work. Like something like that. It's just more of a it puts a bull in their court rather than uh a forced sale. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about something I mentioned earlier, which is I talked about how you started in 2017 and you're able to grow your freelance writing business very quickly. Uh, I'm wondering if you could share what you believe contributed to that rapid growth because there may be freelance writers listening to this or just people offering freelance services, trying to get clients who feel stuck. And I'm wondering if you could share what you feel like contributed to your quick growth. Absolutely. Um, so I, I feel comfortable saying at this stage, I'm a very strong writer, partly, you know, I, I've always had a knack for it, but I've also been doing it for a very long time. Um, so I would say there are two, two parts to this. Uh, one is that I learned how to write to deliver results, not just to sound pretty. So that's on us to really master our skill set and understand the search engines and understand our readers and our clients and don't just write for the sake of writing, write to solve problems. Uh, I'd say an even bigger piece of the puzzle is selling. I learned how to sell. And that's where, that's why I built a whole program out of this. That's where freelancers typically struggle. Um, we, most of us decide that we want to start our freelance writing business because we love writing and we're very passionate about it. But what we don't realize is that when you become a business owner, you have to become responsible for all these other things, including sales. And it doesn't matter how good of a writer you are. If you don't know how to sell, you're done. So I, I've got a lot of writers in my program that are very strong writers. But when they came to me, they said, I can't find clients. I can't get paid what I want to pay, what I want to be paid. Um, and that's sales. So, you know, we might not want to do it, but we have to get comfortable with it because every business depends on sales in some capacity. I mean, with the freelance writing, uh, from my experience, a lot of it is you're hopping on the phone with someone and they're testing you there. There is the test article, the let's see what you got. But uh, there's also the phone call where usually the person on the other end is seeing if you could handle the work what type of person they're getting alongside the content. And I think, I mean, selling is very important. And I think it's easy to overlook that uh, when it's so easy to focus on just the writing element. Uh, for mm -hmm. people who maybe they feel like the selling point uh, isn't working for them, how would you suggest improving in that area? Uh, one tip that I always give my students, and I, I, I think... 
I think writers by nature, we tend to be more introverted, which is why we like writing. You can sit and do it quietly by yourself. Um, so getting on a phone call or a Zoom call can be really intimidating. So what I always tell people is prepare a list of questions or talking points in advance. And when you get on the call with a potential client, ask them your questions and let them do all the talking and take notes. And there are a few benefits to this. First of all, you need that information. You need to better learn what have they tried in the past? How did it work? What didn't work? What are their pain points? But also, uh, and, you know, this is just this is just like psychology 101. People love talking about themselves. So they'll appreciate that. And as another, you know, very pleasant byproduct, it gives you time to get more comfortable, kind of get the jitters out, and you don't have to take the lead right away. So, um, and you know, really clients should be the focus. We should be asking them questions and letting them, you know, share more about the brand. So um, that's, you know, one of my go-to tips. And uh, eventually over time, you will get more comfortable on those calls and you'll be able to get on a call with a stranger and have a very pleasant conversation. I mean, a lot of it does boil down to practice and just the fact that you're getting on these calls it's helping. You're getting the reps. Uh, I happen to be quite introverted myself. I, I could sometimes show extrovert in this, but I consider myself introvert for the most part. I feel like that is something that a lot of writers have in common. But uh, if you are getting on the phone enough times, uh, it's something that does get a bit easier. Um, I know, Megan, you mentioned questions. And I feel like when the person on the phone for whether it's a job interview or if it's a freelance writing client, a lot of them say something like, do you have any questions for us? Mm -hmm. And I think that's a point where a lot of people stumble because they don't know what question to come up with. So I'm wondering if you could share with us, like what are some of the questions you ask uh, when you're presented in that end of call scenario usually? If it's towards the end of the call and I already had, I asked all the questions I already asked, then I just tell them, uh, we got through all my questions and I don't have any more at this time, but if I think of any, I will definitely reach out. Um, or, you know, you might come up with questions during the call, something new that you want to ask them based on what they already said. Um, one thing, you know, if you just need a question to kind of fill the silence, you could ask them something like, uh, ideally, what does this role look like for you? Or what's your idea of the, the ideal freelancer for this role? Um, and then, you know, again, it's just an opportunity to learn more about what they would like and how you might be able to kind of fill in the gaps. But um, in my opinion, transparency and honesty always reign supreme. So if you don't have any questions, you definitely don't have to feel like you have to force it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like that a lot because um, I feel like some people, they will try to come up with that question just to sound smart or just to like, think they're being more impressive to have a question, but if you don't have a question, you don't have to pretend to have a question. Yeah, exactly. And uh, one of the things that I've seen that you do a lot for your freelance writing is LinkedIn. I know we've talked about it a little bit already. Uh, I see that you also post on LinkedIn quite a bit. Uh, mm -hmm. And I'm wondering for people who have a lot of clients, like what's the value of posting on LinkedIn if you already have a steady stream of clients, like what do you think that can do for a writer's brand? 
If you already have a healthy clientele, then really, even if you're posting once or twice a week, it's enough. It's, you know, first and foremost, it's to keep your page active because you don't want any potential client going there and seeing just like a dead account. Uh, but also it can help improve your reach and your visibility and your engagement. And if it's something that you do regularly and consistently, eventually you will start getting inbound leads. So potential clients coming to you saying, hey, we need a writer. Are you available? Um, I do want to point out that that takes a long time and it's a kind of like a snowball thing. You have to be patient with inbound leads um, that just comes with time and consistency. And even myself, even at this point, I don't rely on inbound leads because you don't have any control over them. Um, but if, you know, especially if you're like my students and I, and you're using LinkedIn actively, like regularly to try to approach clients, um, you want to keep your page active. Yeah, I mean, LinkedIn, it's really great for the inbound leads. I like how you mentioned that the inbound leads, they're great, but you can't control. So it is good to still send out pitches, still find companies that look like they have big budgets and are looking for writers and being able to mix those together. I mean, you do that very well on LinkedIn. It is how we connected. We got familiar with each other. And I do recommend everyone on Breakthrough Success, check out Megan and what she's doing on LinkedIn. Um, Megan, for people who want to follow you on LinkedIn and even go beyond LinkedIn to learn more about freelance writing, where do you suggest we go? So I'm very active on all the social media platforms. I'm on Instagram and TikTok. I'm very active on YouTube and I post uh, new videos every week. Um, or if they want to go to my website, which is megangrant.net, I've got my blog there with more information. I have freebies, I have premium products. And then if you're interested in my program, Revenue Spark, they can check that out on my website as well. Well, Breakthrough Success listeners, we will have all of those links waiting for you in the show notes. Megan, thank you so much for coming on Breakthrough Success. It was a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you very much.